recession and inflation, what does it all really mean? How does it affect you? And how do you live through it in the event that we do get a recession at the same time that we get inflation? Let's dive into it. Do you feel like you were meant to live a life of financial abundance? Like you know your money is supposed to work harder for you than you work for it? Maybe you heard about the stock market and the new millionaires being created and wonder why not me? Maybe you want to invest in the stock market, but you don't know where to start. Maybe you have a 401k or an IRA, but you want to enjoy your money now, not just in retirement. Maybe you already had some success in the stock market, but you want to take it to the next level. Working for somebody else and watching free YouTube videos will only get you so far. To truly be financially free, it takes a strategic game plan, an investor's mindset, and a willingness to take calculated risk. When you're ready to get out of the rat race and onto the fast track, join us here where we break down how to manage money, how to navigate the stock and options market, and how to approach investing with the right mindset. I'm Jason Brown, stock market coach and options trader, and this is the Money Markets and Mindset Podcast. We're going to be breaking down recession and inflation because that's on everybody's mind. It's potentially scary to keep hearing about how high inflation is and then the pending potential recession. Or are we already in a recession? Maybe maybe we are. So the Fed just recently raised interest rates by 0.75 basis or 75 basis points, 0.75 percent. And uh, everyone's in the uproar. And so I wanted to just break down what, what, what is the definition of a recession? How does a recession and inflation running at the same time kind of play into, um, the economy and what does this really mean for you? Right. Does it mean you're going to be sleeping out on the streets with like a blanket now? I don't think that's the case. So let's talk about it. So what is the definition of a recession? Well, I pulled a couple of definitions, but the third one is the one that um, I think most people will can relate to. But uh, the first one is a recession is a period of temporary economic decline during which trade and industrial activity are reduced generally by a fall in GDP in two successive quarters. OK, so economic decline, trade and industrial activity um, are reduced and it's more than two quarters. Now, the, the second definition of a recession is a recession can be defined as a sustained period of weak or negative growth in real GDP output. So what's real GDP? That's gross domestic product. That means the amount of products that we make in our country and then sell to ourselves or sell uh, to others or export on trade. Um, that is so. So a recession can be defined as a sustained period of weak or negative growth in real GDP that is accompanied by a significant rise in unemployment rate. So now we're getting a little bit more data. So we got weak amount of products that we're making in our country, weak amount of products that we're exporting or selling to other countries. And we have a rise in unemployment, which means more people are also not working. Okay. Now let's take it a step further. And this third definition, I think is a little bit more simple. Um, a recession is a downtrend in the business cycle. One that is characterized by a decline in production and employment. This trend lowers household income and spending, which consequently 
causes many businesses and households to delay making large investments or purchases. See, I think that one really encompasses what a recession is because you may be like, well, what's a period of economic decline and what is economic decline and what is real GDP? And I don't even know what the unemployment rate is, but this third one I think makes a lot of sense. A recession is a downward trend in the business cycle, one that is characterized by a decline in production and employment. This trend lowers household income and spending, which consequently causes many businesses and households to delay making large investments or purchases. So let's break that down and let's go ahead and throw inflation into the mix because inflation is basically in simple terms is when you're paying more than the average of what something costs. All right. And so Uh, For whatever reason, it could be a shortage of labor. It could be a backup in the supply chain, as we saw from COVID-19. But for whatever reason, the cost of a good has gone up. So let's talk about what this means to you as an average person. And then we're going to wrap it up by talking about what does it mean to a company? So you as an average person, when the cost of goods go up due to inflation, most people make a certain amount of money. And so at at the end of the month or the week, you have a certain amount of money that you're left with that's extra. And so after you pay for milk, after you pay for gas, a roof over your head, um, you know, maybe some food, you're left with a certain amount of money. Well, your, your house price usually doesn't fluctuate. So the roof over your head usually stays the same. Unless you're renting, then people can raise your rent because they're trying to keep up with inflation costs and they're going to pass it off to you. But let's just say you own your house. Your physical house usually doesn't increase because of inflation, but the cost of gas to drive your car, maybe the cost of fuel or energy to heat your house or electricity because of inflation, that cost may go up. The cost of food to stock your refrigerator, um, the milk, the going out to eat, all may increase, which is going to take money out of your household. So the, the, the amount that you have now, if you were just living check to check, like I just got enough to buy milk, enough to eat food, enough to cover a roof over my head, enough to drive to and from work. Well, the moment that gets a little bit out of balance and you're saying not a cost of milk went up, not a cost of gas went up, not a cost of heating and cooling my house went up. You just kind of went into a potential negative deficit if you're living check to check. If you're not living check to check and maybe you have an extra thousand dollars left over, If all these expenses increase by, I don't know, let's say $500 total. Well, you used to have an extra $1,000 at the end of each month. Well, now you only have $500 at the end of each month. And so basically you just lost half of your discretionary income, which is the income that you could use to do fun things or just do whatever you want, which we'll talk about that in a second. So the second way that inflation um, impacts people mixed with a potential recession is you get the Fed raising interest rates. And so when the Fed raises interest rates, most people think, well, what's the big idea? Interest rates are going up. Well, we have to understand the relationship between interest rates and money. When interest rates are low, 
people say you have free money when interest rates are three percent or below three percent it's kind of like free money it means the cost to borrow is so cheap you're paying you know three cents on the dollar just to borrow a dollar that doesn't impact you much you're like give me as much money as i can i'll pay as many three pennies on the dollar as i can because I can take that money and invest it and make more, or I can take that money and buy something that I've always wanted and I can afford it because I'm only paying three cents on the dollar more than what it costs to enjoy it right now. But as interest rates rise, and we've seen this in the house market, as interest rates start to rise, the monthly payment on that thing that you bought now increases. See, before if you bought I don't know, a $300,000 house, maybe your payment would be $1,200 a month. I'm just making these numbers up, by the way. Um, let's just say your payment is $1,200 a month when interest rates are at 3% or lower. And you're like, I can get a $300,000 house. This is great. Um, normally, and normally you wouldn't buy a $300,000 house, but now the interest is so low, you're like, I can get a $300,000 house. And so what would happen is people would, who could normally afford a $200,000 house are willing to pay $100,000 over for that house because they can now have the same payment at a $200,000 house, or should I say at a $300,000 house that they would at $200,000. So they're willing to pay $50,000, $75,000, $100,000 over asking price because it doesn't matter because your monthly payment of what you would have been used to or what you were willing to pay stays the same, Okay. And so you're able to afford either more house for your money or you're willing to overpay for the same house because it's not going to change your monthly payments. All right. And so that throws the economy out of balance. But as the government raises interest rates and now we're getting back to I think we're at about six percent now, that's double. And so typically that double interest rate may, I don't know if it necessarily doubles your payment, but it might be close. And so now it might cost you $2,400 to own a $300,000 house. And maybe $2,400 for a mortgage payment was never in your budget. So now not only can you not buy a $300,000 house, now a $200,000 house also costs, <laughs> right, um, almost $2,400 now. So now you can't even afford the house that you used to be able to afford at 3%. And so that starts to slow economic growth. That that stops the foolishness of people overpaying for a house. And it stops the foolishness of people buying a house that normally they wouldn't be able to afford. So basically what I'm trying to share with you is raising interest rates. The cost to borrow is now higher. And most people have to finance big purchases. Most people don't have the money to buy a house cash. Most people don't have the money to buy their car cash. And so those are just two examples of two big purchases that you typically would finance. And so now borrowing that money and financing those dream purchases, a car, a house just got more expensive, which means you may not be able to afford the house you want um, without coming up with a little bit more cash or you just may not be able to afford the house you want for a longer period of time. You might not be able to afford the car you want. You may be able to afford a car, but just not the one you want. And then for some people, they may not be able to afford a car at all. They may have to resort back to public transportation. So that's the effect of rising interest rates. So let's just kind of you know recap, because I want to show you how this builds on top of each other. So number one, the cost of goods go up. 
But that's kind of okay as long as you can borrow money cheaply to pay for those costs of goods going up. So that allowed people to buy things at higher prices. But now as interest rates are rising, the cost of the thing you're buying is more expensive and the money to borrow to buy it is more expensive. So basically things just got double expensive for those who have to borrow to pay for their normal cost of goods, milk, gas, et cetera. It just got double expensive because it's already more than what it used to be. And if you have to borrow money to pay for it, now you have to borrow at a higher interest rate to pay for something that you're paying higher prices on. So you can see how this has a negative effect on your purchasing power, which is why in the definition it said, this consequently causes many businesses, which we'll talk about businesses in a second, and households to delay making large investments or purchases. What are large investments? A house, a new car, maybe the family vacation that you were gonna put on that credit card. Now you're thinking, if it's gonna take me two, three months to pay it off, higher interest rates, this vacation is really gonna cost us way more than we thought. And by the way, we were gonna drive to Disneyland or wherever you were gonna go for vacation. And so now driving there is also going to cost us more money because gas is expensive. And by the way, the food that we need to eat on our way to Disneyland and when we get there is more expensive. And now you delay making an investment or purchase, which is maybe you say we don't need to go to Disneyland this year. You delay making that decision. You delay that family trip. You delay buying that house. You delay buying that car. And those are just a few things that we're talking about. Let's talk about how this affects corporations, your job, how this affects companies. So the way that this affects companies is cost just doesn't go up for consumers. Cost goes up for businesses. It costs more. Inflation makes the cost for steel, the cost for heating and cooling an office building. The um, inflation increases the cost of food that they provide for their employees, the cost of incentives, contests that they can run, um, all kinds of things. And if a company was looking to make a strategic investment, like we're going to expand, we're going to buy another building and open up a new office. Well, again, that building, that real estate has now just gotten more expensive because the company can't finance it. Well, they can finance it, but now it costs them more money to finance that operation, to finance that building. And by the way, now it costs more money for heating and cooling that building. It costs more money for the employees to work in that building because inflation is higher on the labor and wage side. And so you have this huge issue. You have this huge issue where now companies are like, maybe we don't need to open up that new office building this year. In addition to that, what companies do is they don't just sit there and, and, and take inflation and higher prices, they then start to look at ways that they can cut costs and make their number. And this is where it can become a little problematic. So companies start to say, what levers can we pull to offset the increase in costs? They start to say, well, do we need to even expand this year? Do we even need to open that building, right? So that can create less opportunity, less opportunities for raises, um, less opportunity for managerial positions. Maybe, you know, they were going to hire a couple new managers over there. Everyone was going to get the move up a position. Um, but now that they're not opening that building, they don't need a manager, they don't need a supervisor, they don't need uh, a store manager, etc. So that could stunt 
economic opportunity, I guess you would call that, for, for everyday average people who thought, man, there's not enough managerial jobs out here, et cetera, because they're not opening any new locations or expanding. So everyone's kind of going to stay in their current position. Companies could also freeze giving out raises, right? We're not giving out raises this year because the cost of running a business, cost of doing business has hit our bottom line. So how does that impact you? Well, you could not get a raise, right? So that could be problematic if you were expecting a raise. And then companies as a last resort, and you know, hopefully no one listening to this falls in this category, but the reality is some people will, companies start to look at their labor and say, do I really need either this many employees or do I really need this many high paid employees or people who got paid? Um, people who are like, I made 30 people, they paid me 30 or $40,000 or more to do the exact same thing um, during the pandemic and they left their companies and went over to different companies. I'm not trying to scare those people, but I would be a little scared if you don't bring an additional $40,000 worth of value. And now the company is going to start to look at inflation. We're going to start to look at rising interest rates and they're going to start to look at possibly one of the other levers that they can pull, which is do we need to lay people off? Right. So there's freezing hiring and then there's going backwards, which is starting to let people go out into the marketplace. Now, the Fed raised interest rates saying we know that some of this is going to happen. But there are so many jobs available that if some of those people get let go from their job, because inflation is high and the cost of goods are so high, people can't just sit around and not work anymore. They can't just say, I can borrow money. They can't just say, I'm getting unemployment anymore. They will now slide in and fill those potentially lower paying jobs or maybe jobs that pay a little bit more what they're used to, but they just didn't want to work there. They just didn't feel like working for that company or doing that job. Everyone got used to being at home with their kids and having fun and buying RVs and traveling around the world and buying boats and hanging out. Well, the Fed's like that party's about to come to an end. High inflation. We're going to raise interest rates. So the cost to borrow to pay for that boat, the cost of gas, which the Fed didn't raise gas prices, but the cost of gas to drive that RV around the world is now more expensive. Not to mention, we're not going to loan you money at a cheap rate to keep funding this freedom lifestyle. You got to get back to work, even if it's at a job that you don't want to be at. So that's the effect that this is going to have on regular everyday people. And so then what happens is fear starts to creep in. If you fear you're going to lose your job, fear you can't afford the gas, fear you can't continue to pay for this lifestyle, people start to pull back because they have less discretionary income and they start to pull back. Companies start to pull back on spending. Consumers also start to pull back on spending because they don't know if they can be able to afford this lifestyle, which also means you stop buying unnecessary toys. You don't buy the Ferrari, the Lamborghini. You don't buy the boat. You don't buy the RV. You don't buy the Rolex watch. So now you start to not buy the unnecessary toys. And then also that translates into less vacations, right? As again, you start to question, do we need to go to Disneyland this year? And can we even afford to go to Disneyland this year? So really this starts to hit you because cost of things that you want to do go up and then your certainty about your job or the how much discretionary income you're going to have even if you keep your job you start to fear and worry about what you will have at the end of each month to spend the longer 
this goes on. The longer, the higher cost of borrow and the longer, the higher cost of goods go on. So the Fed is hoping to tame some of that by increasing interest rates, which is going to lower demand because most people can't buy it because of the reasons that I explained. And then once we can't buy as much, supply chain should catch up and then they'll be left with lowering prices so that people can afford it. And that's how you get inflation under control and you get people back to work. At least that is the hope of the federal government. And so I want you thinking about in your personal situation, you know, does it mean you're going to be out on the streets? No, it just might mean that you may not be able to do some of the discretionary things that you want, like buy another boat. Maybe people start selling their boats. Maybe people start selling that exotic car they bought. Um, maybe people start selling that second vacation home that they bought. Um, you'll, you'll start to see some of those things happening, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be out on the streets. It does mean you might have to make some tough decisions between fun and between making sure that you can pay all your bills every single month. But if there's one thing the pandemic taught us is that fun doesn't have to be in material things. Fun can be spending time with your family, taking walks around the block, getting back to being healthy, picking up the phone and calling that loved one. So I think the message I want to send to you is that the world is not over because of high inflation and raising interest rates. It just means we have to reset and our expectations and reset, you know, what the new normal looks like. And if you're looking at the stock market and you see it's up, you see it's down, there's always opportunity to make money in the stock market from stocks falling. Um, so there's always a way to make money in a recession. There's always a way to make money from the stock market falling as well. You just got to tap in and learn the strategies that'll help you do it. And you also just got to survive until we get on the other side of inflation and get on the other side of high in interest rates because it won't be like this forever. So I'll see you on the next episode. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you're ready to learn how to have your money work hard for you instead of you working hard for it, then I want you to join us inside Power Trades University. Power Trades University is my group coaching program where we look for real trades in the real market every week for two hours live. It's all recorded and timestamped in case you can't make it live. You also have access to my amazing community of traders, plus access to all of my best selling stocks and option courses and even my master classes. Just head on over to www.powertradesuniversity.com. Once again, just head on over to www.powertradesuniversity.com and I'll see you on the inside.